Welcome to another episode of Million Dollar Stories, where we get to interview authors from all over the world, uh, and I try to learn something every single time. I think I'm going to learn something on this uh, podcast. Alex Strathy wrote a book, and this falls in line with pretty much everything that I preach, so I'm thrilled to be talking to him. The book is called Book Funnels and Amazon Ads, all right? How to use your book and Amazon ads to attract customers and build a six-figure business. Alex, thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, appreciate you having me on, Mike. Well, let's start off with the genesis uh, of the book. Why did you write this? Yeah, so Amazon ads are a, uh, depending on who you are, either a black box that no one really has a good, uh, you know, good finger on the pulse, or you know, yeah, especially if you're a starting out author, you know, you just don't know what to do, or even if you're, you know, one of the bigger authors and you hear Amazon ads, it's like, what do you actually do about it? And so, my goal was to create a guide for authors, uh, more specifically nonfiction authors, to have to make that information more accessible, so that it'd be easier for them to get Amazon ads up and running. Yeah. So when I meet with my clients, I'm always you know, gauging their, uh, the words that they use. And the moment I hear, I want to write a book so I can grow my business, build my brand, get some speaking opportunities. I'm like, yes, this is, this is the power of a book. Then I hear individuals say, man, I can't wait to write a book and then maybe turn it into a movie or sell a million copies. And to me, I'm always like, ah, that's the uncontrollable. Maybe it happens, but what you can control is generate a lot of attention the right way and collect a lot of data in the process, which is really what uh, a business is built on. Collect the data, nurture them into clients, and then build it many different ways from there. So is that your philosophy too? Yeah. Uh, you know, to give a breakdown of the types of authors you work with, about 30% of them actually do make money on their books, you know, but that's that's... Rare, right? Uh, the reason why there's that 30% is because they come to us and their books are already pretty much selling really well. So it's just like putting gasoline on a fire. You know, they've got a huge brand already. They've got, you know, thousands of reviews. But yeah, whenever we have an author who comes to us and says, you know, I've put out this book, I've got 10 reviews and I want to make 10K a month in passive income. We're like, well, you know, you can get there. That's great. But Amazon ads are definitely not going to be the thing that gets you there, uh, you know, right now or, or really anytime soon. So 60% of our authors use their books to build their business, lead gen, you know, that type of stuff. And then there's 10% that are just really passionate authors. So a majority of those that have books out there that do it, do it in a way that's realistic is, is for lead generation for their business. My clients always ask me about Amazon ads. Now, I am not in this world at all, but I'm always for meta, meta ads for leads, right? Name and email. Let's give out a free audiobook or a PDF or even let's do a free plus shipping. And uh that's my that's my equation. Now, I may be wrong, but uh Amazon ads to me isn't really about getting data that fast. So prove me wrong. What why is Amazon ads the uh the go-to strategy for you? Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, and that's, you know, what it comes down to is what is the cost for a lead, right? And so for those that are working uh, through Amazon, the the benefit of Amazon is that you have legitimate readers there, right? I mean, that's it's a it's a whole platform when you're running Amazon ads to reach people, you know, real people who are reading their book. And so what you do to compensate for the fact that, you know, Amazon loves keeping their data excuse me, data, you know, they're not willing to give that up, right? So that's what yeah. you miss out on when you have someone who purchases the book on Amazon is, you know, they're not getting the email address, they're not getting the uh, the phone number, the name, whatever. So the way that you compensate for that is certain lead gen things within the book. And there's certain, you know, methods that we can get into to 
basically convert the highest amount of readers into leads for your business. So Beautiful. yeah, you definitely lose the, but it, you can acquire readers for a lot cheaper. You know, oftentimes it'll depend, you know, if you have a self-liquidating book funnel, then that's one thing, but you know, on Amazon ads, you know, oftentimes you can acquire a reader from anywhere from like one buck to, you know, 20 bucks. And then you do the math of, okay, if, well, if it takes 10 readers to get one lead, well then, you know, the, it, you do the math and it actually makes, it can make sense depending on the, depending on what you have to offer. So. Yeah. And so I think you might have some stats that are way more uh, current than the ones I have, but with Amazon, um, I realized that's what 70, 75% of all books sold in the world or United States are actually purchased through Amazon. So if you're not on Amazon, you're not relevant. So I prefer to have an, a book on Amazon, become a bestseller, Kindle paperback, hardcover and audible, but you spend most of your time on your own funnel. Um, so Amazon though, you have to have one on there. You, you Do you use KDP? So it depends. I personally, yeah, but, uh, as a self-published author, uh, I do. But I mean, we work with a lot of different types of authors, hybrid published authors, traditionally published authors. So depending on their, how they published, um, you know, it, the whole calculation is different. Got it. Got it. And so uh, w let's get into maybe some of the strategies within the book. I'm a QR code guy nowadays. I never used to be, but man, I've seen the power of them, whether it's through a documentary we put on or whether it's a, a consultation within the book, QR code. I don't think people are typing in URLs as much, but QR codes for sure, easy, especially if there's a book mailed to them, it's the way to go. So uh, is that one strategy in your book? Yeah, QR codes are, are definitely useful. I have one in my book. Um, what we find best, so there's a couple of issues that stop people from having higher conversions in their book. So a lot of people put their, hey, you know, connect with me further in the back of their book, right? And the statistics are crazy on that, where it's like only 5% of people or less are going to make it to the back of the book. Yeah, so right. When, you, when you're putting that in the back of the book, I mean, you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So um, you know, one of my clients, Ed Rush, uh, he's, he wrote the book called the 21 day miracle. You open up his book. The first page in his book is a, you know, free bonus page to a complimentary course. And we see, and this is also, uh, by research done by, uh, like Chandler Bolt of self-publishing school, which you're probably familiar with. Yeah. They, um, yeah. So he, you know, he, he says that the best lead gen tools are audiobook and a complimentary course. So, and I agree with that. I think complimentary courses just work so well. I know Pat Flynn did that with Will It Fly and, and was able to garner, you know, 100,000 or so people into his his funnel from that. So, um, yeah, putting something in the front of the book is uh, is the way to go. Um, you know, if you're a tra traditionally published author, or, you know, an author who isn't necessarily like it's kind of if you're trying to create that age old, you know, wisdom book. It's like if you were to open How to Win Friends and Influence People and the first page was like a bonus book, would it carry the same prestige? That's the question, right? Yeah. We have some authors who great question, and so that's you know, uh, yeah. So where I've seen authors go around that, like Mike McCallowitz, if you're familiar with him yep. with uh, Profit First, he's a client of ours as well. Um, uh, Profit First, you know, instead Penguin Publishing was never going to let him put a bonus page in the front of the book, right? So instead, what he does is he just puts his email throughout the book and says, "Hey, you know, if you're ready to take that next step and commit to you know improving things, you know, I want to be your." you know, your champion, your cheerleader, you know, reach out to me, put this in the subject line. Uh, and that's how he, you know, gets his, his leads from that, which in the intro of profit first, I remember him saying that multiple, multiple times. I think. Yeah. Even. Yeah. He's got it throughout. So that's, you know, that's like a less gimmicky, you know, in air quotes, gimmicky way of, of kind of doing lead gen in a book. Ooh, nice. Okay. So, uh, what are some stats that can blow us away when it comes to Amazon? Now, I know that over 700,000 books are uploaded to Amazon, I think, every year, maybe more now. But um, any stats that kind of are shocking when it comes to Amazon itself? 
Yeah, to be more specific, yeah, 1980s, 1980, 40,000 books uh, were put out into the world. Uh, last year, a million plus books were uh, were put out into the world, right? So you have more books being published uh, than ever and with the intention of or trying to compete for you know the same amount of readers. The amount of readers hasn't really changed much, right? Like the only right. thing that's actually grown, uh, I believe by like 10% year over year, I don't know the exact numbers on that, but uh, our audiobook. So audiobook is the biggest growing um, pillar right now. So, you know, oftentimes when we talk with authors and they say, oh, should we upload an audiobook? It, it We find that it accounts for about 30% of total readers. So, you know, that's what we say is whatever you're getting now, you know, imagine, you know, 30% of that plus that's about what you're going to attract with the audiobook. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. The business of publishing, you know, I can go, I can talk all, all day about the business of publishing, but there's many different ways to do it, just depending on kind of what you're looking for and, and why you want to write a book. You uh, hit on a statistic that I always bring up. 95% of all books are not read cover to cover. Well, you yeah. basically kind of filled in the gaps there. It takes a special person to go through a book from start to finish. And I think most people will not get past chapter three. And so I would say 70, 80% will not get past uh, chapter three. Um, anything that you've seen? Because uh, I believe if you have really solid chapters in your book, load them heavy in the first three. And I think Mike Michalowicz actually says that. I know you're not going to get past chapter three. So I'm going to give everything in these first three chapters. Uh, what say you? Yeah. So Hayden Crabtree, uh, he wrote a book called Skip the Flip, uh, self-published author. That book has, I believe, almost 2000 Amazon ratings now, uh, sells incredibly well. Uh, he is the master at short chapters. So the another statistic that's interesting is like um, in the early 2000s, the average New York Times uh, book was like 400 pages. Now today, the average New York times book is 200 pages. Uh, it makes sense. Our attention spans are just getting shorter and shorter. Right. And so when it comes to the format of a book, it has a lot to do with the psychology of someone moving through it. And so Hayden literally has like three or four pages per chapter. So it's like, you feel like you're accomplishing so much. So the psychology of a reader and hell Elrod does this as well. He's got morning miracle. If you're familiar with that one, um, Short chapters. It just allows people to flow through a book so much faster. I feel like they're accomplishing stuff. Um, so yeah, when it comes to the, the format of things, I'd highly recommend looking at looking into uh, doing short chapters to get people to read further in the in the book because they're you get them excited, they got momentum, they're blown through chapters, and so um, lends itself well to making it through more of that book. Now, for the average person out there listening, I would say that uh, they're an entrepreneur. Um, maybe they have a book or they're thinking about having a book. Uh, if they were to just do their own ads. What should they do or what should they watch out for? Uh, yeah. Unlimited, um, all this. There's so many questions <laughs> that Amazon throws at you. So I think it can get very complicated. How can you simplify it for them? Yeah. How much time you got? Um, so that is, <laughs> uh, that's always, yeah, it's always one of the, the first questions. So it depends on what you're starting with. Uh, so Amazon works off of data, right? And the when you put a book up on Amazon, they've got your book title, they've got your book description, they've got the back end keywords, they've got, you know, they have some things that tell them about what the book is about. The most important thing about what they know about your book is actually the profile of your readers. So Amazon ads are only going to work as much uh, to the extent at which Amazon has data on the readers of your book. Meaning if you've only sold 10 or 20 copies on Amazon, uh, it's a crapshoot. Amazon doesn't really know who to show your ads to. They're much less likely to perform. As opposed to if you're you know, out of the gates, you've sold you know, 1,000 or 2,000 copies, then Amazon has more data about who your reader is. 
and who they should be showing your, your book to. And so if you are starting from a place of you've got a lot of readers, you can run an auto campaign and it because auto campaigns are based off of the data that Amazon has about your reader. If they know a lot about your reader, well, then those auto campaigns, which, you know, nine times out of 10 is going to be the best performing campaign for most authors. And when they don't work, it's because of the lack of data that Amazon has about your book. Right. So um, for an author who's getting started, I mean, auto campaigns, if you've got a lot of readers that have already and I mean, like thousand, two thousand, that's the way to go. Uh, if you are an author that, you know, you 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 haven't really got a list, you know, when you launch, you're only maybe going to sell 50 to 100 copies. And then also, you know, you're the people who are buying those copies is like your mom, your grandma, you know, your sister, your brother. That stuff's not going to work because, you know, if they if you have a bunch of people who are usually reading fiction and this is why I also recommend against uh, like review, you know, Amazon review platforms or like platforms that guarantee a bunch of sales when it's not your core audience is you're actually just going to confuse the heck out of uh, the Amazon algorithms. Like Pubby, Pubby.co is a, is a platform for getting Amazon ratings. The issue with that is most of the authors on there are fiction authors. So if you have a bunch of fiction authors reviewing your book, you're indicating to Amazon that your book is fiction. So that's where it's really important, important when you get a book up on Amazon in those early days to have the right readers purchasing your book. And I mean, you know, readers that are reading other books that are similar to yours, or, you know, if you're in the business niche, you know, they need to be, you know, buying other other business books. Otherwise, if they're fiction readers, it's going to confuse the heck out of things. So um, oftentimes wow. you're starting never, up your- I never thought about that. Let me just jump in there real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, that is a huge takeaway I've never even heard of, right? It's not just analyzing sales. It's analyzing who's buying them. So it yeah. might even catch or put a red flag next to your book if you have people who have never bought a book all of a sudden buy your book. Is that what you're saying? If they've never bought a book before, I mean, that's not a problem, but and it's not, it's not a red flag. It's just, you're just giving Amazon the wrong data. You know, it's like their, their reader yeah. profile is not going to be correct. Oh, that's a great takeaway. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So sorry um, there. no, no, you're good. Feel free to interrupt. Uh, I, I'll, I'll monologue all day long. So, uh, please, please interrupt me. So yeah, when it comes to the, um, the author who's doesn't have a lot of readers, you know, you want to start, uh, and there's actually, you know, to take an example here, um, the designing and leading life-changing workshops uh, is a book on Amazon that sells really, really well. It's by an independent published uh, author. You know, I was just talking to them yesterday. You know, they were talking about how when they got out of the gates, they just didn't know any better. So they didn't set up auto campaigns. They just set up very specifically targeted campaigns for their niche. And they spent a fortune, you know, the, 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 the ads really weren't converting that well. But what it did is it actually was teaching, they didn't know it, but in the background for about six months to a year, it was teaching Amazon who the ideal reader is. And then they set up auto campaigns. Now their book runs, you know, very profitably and has for three years. And it's because they spent so much time training the Amazon algorithms. You know, there's many different ways that you can train the Amazon algorithms, right? Like if you look up, you know, one of the things I always recommend authors is, you know, go on Listen Notes, figure out who your author twin is. Uh, Listen Notes is, a, is like a podcast search engine, uh, if you're familiar with it. It basically, you know, find who your author twin is, whoever speaks to the same reader as you do figure out what shows, what media placement they've been on, and then, you know, plan your book marketing around following them around wherever they are. And that's where you're going to be setting yourself up with that reader profile of, okay, we know that their readers are my readers. And so the whole end game here is what you're really trying to do is influence Amazon's organic promotion of your book. Amazon's a, a bookstore. They're not just an ad platform. That's what's different from a lot of other platforms is they want to show not just, you know, they're not just getting paid when someone clicks on an ad, they're getting paid when someone actually purchases the book. So it's in their best Ooh. interest to always promote the most relevant book. And that's why the data portion of this is so much more important than other platforms and showing them who your reader is, is because, you know, if you're able to say, hey, look, a thousand people who have read, and we actually uh, were able to do this with Hayden's Skip the Flip, 
Um, you know, we got him to, I see Rich Dad, Poor Dad there in the background, you know, his, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad has been up on Amazon forever. You know, one of the top selling, you know, business books of all time. Um, we were able to get through organic placement, through aggressive targeting on Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We were able to get Hayden's book to show up on like, you know, the sixth page of the, the ads carousel that says like, you know, products related to this item, which if you don't know, uh, that's actually an ad placement. So anywhere you see a little sponsored tag on Amazon, that's actually someone who's running an ad. So if you go look at your book or someone else's book right now, you think you're getting recommended, you know, recommend recommendations based on related products. You are, it's related in the sense that, you know, whoever's showing up first needs to have the data to cross over, but the people are actually paying to be in that spot. People don't realize that like, 90% of what you're looking at on Amazon are all ads. Uh, that's also another shocking, oftentimes one of the first things I have to do with an author is just simply show them, you know, hey, he, here are all the places that ads actually show up on Amazon. This isn't organic uh, ranking, but we were able to get that author on uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's uh, product page. And I mean, his sales just took off because we we're Amazon finally sold those books as so highly interconnected that they were promoting his book to readers of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So Amazon ads is, is a game that you're playing, not just to sell direct copies through the ads, but it's also to influence, you know, Amazon deciding, hey, this person's book has a chance to actually sell copies. We're going to promote it ourselves, you know, in places like Frequently Bought Together uh, section, which is organic or, you know, which I'm sure you've seen, you know, the Frequently Bought Together section or, um, you know, through email marketing campaigns, campaigns, et cetera. Wow. Yeah. That's a great takeaway there too, is like the moment you are tied to a very successful author or a book. Um, you're going to be recommended not only just on the Amazon page, but in the email. Hey, since you bought this book, you will might you might like this one. And, so that's uh, a lot of what we focus on with our authors. Yeah, we we track. Um, you know, we we'll go back to our authors as well, and we'll take the data that Amazon's feeding us through the ads and what they're converting the highest, and we'll say, hey, you know, here's an author that you cross sold thirty books with. You should try to do set something up, you know, with them to do a cross promotion because you can fuel it even higher. So it's kind of like using the Amazon ads data to then fuel their other marketing efforts as well. Now, what is the average spend uh, to, on an ad? I mean, this is probably different from customer to customer, client to client. Oh yeah. So yeah. starting out, I, I mean, I, I look at meta ads and individuals will come to me and they say, oh, you've never done ads. And by the way, this is why I created an ad company within our agency uh, because people were offering $15,000 startup packages without any type of guarantee of what it's going to cost to even sell a book or create a lead. Yeah. So yeah. That's I cool. look at that. cool. You guys do that. Yeah. Yeah. So now we, we do it. We say, Hey, start off at a hundred, then to a thousand and then start to then dial it in and then go crazy with it. So we yeah. can start off with very small numbers. What do you recommend? Um, and I'm assuming you're not going to take on everybody's your client. It doesn't seem like that. So, uh, how does it work to work with you? Yeah, we, we work with a very small percentage of authors just because the expectations have to be aligned with what we know we can accomplish with the outcome, right? Um, you know, if we have an author who comes to us and says, you know, I want to sell, I want to hit the New York Times list with my Amazon ads, we're going to say, you know, focus on some other parts first. That's what I say too. As a nice way to as a nice way to say that. Uh, ad spend can vary. I mean, we have authors who spend, our minimum ad spend with authors is $1,500. So, you know, this is an investment. This isn't, and that's just because we know that that's what we need in order to get to trigger the Amazon machine to start actually showing that book. Because one of the problems that authors we hear all the time is, you know, authors just can't even get Amazon to spend their money. It's very different from other platforms. And it's because, you know, people don't realize that if Amazon doesn't have any data about your book, they don't know who it's relevant for. Even if you bid $10 per click, you're still going to lose to someone who's bidding just 20 cents per click 
who's more relevant than you. So Amazon's always doing a calculation to figure out, hey, whose book should we be showing? And how much you bid really is a very small portion of that. So, um, I mean, cost per click can range depending on the niche, anywhere from, you know, 20 cents to five bucks. Um, and then when it comes to the total ad spend for the month, I mean, we have some authors, like our top author right now is Joseph uh, Nian. He wrote a book called Don't Believe Everything You Think. It's ranked number 90. I looked this morning. It's ranked number 91 on all of Amazon today, which is like wow. crazy. He's got over 5,000 ratings. Um, I mean, which, is, spend, which is just to give you guys an idea. I'm thinking that's probably, what is it? Two to 3,000 sold a day, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and he's, but he's also doing, he's doing book talk. I mean, he's doing, he's just a master. You know, if you want uh, a guy would go check out his, um, his Instagram, I would go check out or uh, yeah, his Instagram, his TikTok, and just follow along. That's, that's one of the, uh, you know, best. We, we talk with a lot of authors. So we, we hear about, you know, what's working for them right now. What is the most effective way to get a book to actually, you know, get in the hands of readers who are going to buy it. And TikTok is crushing it right now. Um, I mean, we've we've just seen author after author be able to uh, the lowest, the least amount of work for the highest return is TikTok right now. Um, how how is that possible? Are you saying it's just a call to action? Hey, go to this Amazon to buy the book, or go to my website to get the book? Or how, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and we have author. I mean, Joseph literally just reads sections of his book on TikTok, and it's blown up. Um, you know, we have other authors who are doing it. You know, different ways. But yeah, I I, I can't recommend TikTok. You know, we're here talking about Amazon ads. Uh, you know, which is great too, but. For, you know, we have a lot of authors who come to us and they're like, dude, I'm not freaking downloading TikTok. Like, <laughs> you know how it is. Like, they're just not willing to put in that work for for that stuff. But I mean, yeah, we, we recommend to all of our authors right now that if they're going to focus on another marketing channel, it's got to be TikTok. And who is that? By the way, I want to I'm going to make sure I pull him up. Yeah, Joseph Nian. Um, he uh, has a book called Don't Believe Everything You Think. Uh, he released it 2022. And yeah, you, you check out the stats right now. The paperback is ranked number 91. And this isn't just like a one day thing. Um, he's been ranked, um, you know, between 100 and 200 in all of Amazon now for about a month. I, I this morning was the best I've seen it. 91 is crazy. And the dude, the dude writes, he, he preaches what he writes. That's the, the greatest thing too, or he is what he writes about. You know, um, he, he's like, I don't even check the rank because that's not what I'm, you know, he's one of these authors. who's he's just like my, he's following, you know, a divine calling just to, you know, simplify messages to help people. And he's like, that's, that's where I, you know, go to sleep at night and I feel good. Is he's just a master at what he writes about. And it's so funny because he doesn't even care about the rank. And yet he's like number 91, which like so many authors would kill to be ranked that well on Amazon. Uh, for the for the people who watch this or listen to this, um, can you give a couple other aspects of lead generation within the book? I know the QR code. Yeah. I know the email. I know the text numbers that you could throw in there. Free courses. Uh, anything that you have seen work really well. Yeah. So, um, this is more so on the rating side of things. Um, so the average, uh, organic review rate that people, for people who buy your book on Amazon is so like, let's say out of a hundred people who buy your book on Amazon, uh, you can expect 1% or lower to leave a, say, a yep. review. It's yep. really, really low. Um, I've started to see some really creative things. Like I'm sure you're familiar with Alex Hermosi. Uh, he released a hundred million dollar offers, also phenomenal book. Um, you know, like, yeah, such good advice in there. Like it is a really, really good book. If you go look at, have you read it, uh, Mike? The, the, the newest one? No, this is, this was his first one. Hundred million. Yeah, I read that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go back and look at chapter seven, so chapter seven, he basically wrote what most authors do to ask for a rating in their book is at the back of the book. They say, Hey, if you liked this book, please go on Amazon, leave a review. It'll help other people find the book. Right. Yep, That's what I most remember people that. Do. 
I remember what, what he, he does. What he does is he has a three page chapter. Uh, it's chapter seven where he basically says, hey, if you're reading this book, then I know the type of person you are. You're someone who wants to change the world, help people. And you're the type of person who would be willing to help someone, even if you knew you'd get nothing back. So he plays he plays into that emotional the guilt side trip. That. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And he says, um, you know, think about that mom entrepreneur who's sitting at home. The only way they're going to put their kids through college is if, you know, think about how, how you know, if any, again, the book is good. Um, he's like, think about, you know, what this book has done for you. Think about what it could do for that person. The only way they're going to find this book is if you go leave a review on Amazon right now. And so, and it's halfway through the book. It's not at the end of the book. It's like midway through the book. And uh, I have never seen a nonfiction book hit so many ratings. He's at, he just passed 20,000 Amazon ratings and it's been about two years. That is insane. Most nonfiction books don't even hit that within 10 years, 20 years. He has hit that within two years. Uh, so uh, clearly there must be something to it. We actually started to apply it in-house to some of our authors. Uh, we saw their conversion rate uh, in ratings go from 1% to like three to 5%. Well, uh, what I realized is that reviews are basically um, an aspect of helium for the book, right? The more reviews, the more it gets promoted. It is pretty wild how I've seen some of my clients get a shit ton of reviews and it just stays in that number one spot without any ad spend. Is that what it actually does? It's helium? There yeah, so there's a couple different ways to look at it. Um, the first I always say is, you know, the way you can think about ratings is like each additional Amazon rating is like a 0.001% chance higher at converting someone when they land on your product page, right? Um, Amazon ratings alone aren't going, well, we'll get to the second half of this, but Amazon ratings alone aren't going to bring readers to your book. It's simply going to help convert people who are already looking at your product page, right? Um, and there's certain levels that readers like to see uh, that is like a hundred Amazon ratings, a hundred Amazon ratings is like what any serious author should shoot for to begin with. And then 500 Amazon ratings. And then a thousand Amazon ratings is kind of like the perennial bestseller. Like any book with a thousand ratings, people are really willing to like give a shot. Yeah. And then, you know, 10,000 ratings. Um, the other side of this too, is in the same way that Amazon collects the data about the, the reading profiles of people. So if they're reading, you know, rich dad, poor dad, and they read, skip the flip, Amazon associates those two books. I have a feeling and, and we work directly with Amazon. So we're always asking them these questions and it's a black box that very few people even at Amazon are allowed to see into. Um, but essentially what I suspect, uh, and I could be wrong, is that there's some sort of extra attention given to um, in the same way that those who have read certain books are associated. If people are reviewing certain books as well, it's given like an even higher priority and higher association between those books. Like if someone gives five stars to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then they go give five stars to Skip the Flip, that's like seen as like three X, you know, it's like 10 people buying both books. It's like weighted that way. That's how I, I, it's a hunch. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but that's where I do think that the Amazon ratings, those that are leaving Amazon ratings, if, you know, they're leaving Amazon ratings on other business books as well, that is showing Amazon, hey, look, there is a huge association between these books. So that's where you should be showing this book to more people. Mm, yeah. Getting reviews. If you the first 100 might be difficult. And I've seen oh, it's, clients. It's the it's the hardest thing. I mean, if there's one thing we hear from authors that it's like, you know, pulling teeth. Um, there's a couple things, you know, Michael McGastonier from the coaching habit, he has like 15K reviews. He's really good at getting reviews. Um, I mean, we talked to a lot of these authors. Um, time and you know, we'll ask them how they got reviews. The answer over and over again is one by one. I mean, you just have to keep going. And it's like people don't want to leave a review unless they see a bunch of reviews. So once you start to get more reviews, it like it it accelerates, like more people start to leave reviews, yes. which is just a it's a funny, funny habit, uh, people. 
But um, yeah, one of the two of the biggest problems that keep people from leaving an Amazon rating is one, they don't know what to say. And two, they don't know where to leave the review. So uh, to get around the first challenge, we recommend to our authors. And when someone reaches out to you saying, hey, love the book or, you know, whatever, don't say, oh, that's great. Can you go live and leave an Amazon rating? Instead, reply and ask, oh, that's great. What did you like about the book? And so that way you're getting them to write the Amazon review already uh, without actually you know, knowing that they're writing the review. And then when they respond to you saying, oh, here's what I like about it, then you say, oh, that's great. Can you just copy and paste that here? Uh, send them the direct review link. So if you click on, um, you know, if you scroll down on your book page, you'll see like write a customer review. That'll take you to the five, you know, leave how many stars, write your comment. That is the same link for everyone. So grab that link that is the direct review link page and wow. then send that to them and say, hey, copy and paste that here. Because a lot of people just get lost looking for where to even leave a review. So have them write the review without knowing how to write the review and then send them directly to your review link. Yeah, because if you go to a page, you might have to scroll down to the bottom or there's a, it's it's it could get lost from the description of the book and then down into the author section and then down into the recommended product section. So that is really smart. Great. great and you can way. you can have um, like you can have one of the questions we also get is, you know, I gave out 100 books. Are those people able to leave Amazon ratings? Right. Um, so if the higher Amazon might not accept some of those. Um, but one of the ways that you can get Amazon to accept more, you know, if you, let's say you give out a hundred, you know, advanced reader copies and those people didn't actually purchase the book on Amazon, those people can still actually leave a review. They just, uh, one of the ways that you can get Amazon to be more likely to accept the review is if you write in your review, receive this book for free from X event, but here's my honest opinion. Um, you know, and then if you end the review with like, and after getting it, I'm going to buy like five more copies for all of my friends. Right. So like, if you mentioned, like I received a free copy from the publisher, if you're the author and you're giving out a bunch of uh, copies, have, uh, have your reviewers write in the review, you know, I, I received a free copy from, uh, the publisher, but this is my honest, you know, review of this book, then Amazon's more likely to accept those ratings. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, uh, reviews get rejected for no reason. And, yeah, uh, if you're like Amazon Web Scrapes, somehow they're able to figure out like if you're connected on like LinkedIn or Facebook or like, you know, you let's say you send stuff to them on your Amazon account, like Amazon weirdly looks at all that stuff. So it's all about just, you know, increasing the chances that your reviews get accepted. Google does the same thing. I mean, I've, I've asked yeah. for more reviews many times and it's weird how 20% will get rejected for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and then we'll see with Amazon too, like, you know, two years down the road, Amazon will just decide to release like you know, 200, 300 reviews for no reason. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. Wait, you mean release as in make them disappear? No, like, oh, we've seen that too. But yeah, well, like, you know, we've, we had one author who went from like overnight, went from like 600 ratings on his book to like 1200. And it's like all these people had left ratings and Amazon just finally decided to post them for some reason. Oh, uh, so that's they're They're still trying to figure. I mean, they, you got to imagine the amount of data, the amount of teams they work with. Um, you know, the, the fact that they just bought not just, but, you know, they're trying to integrate the Goodreads platform now more and more, um, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot going on, you know, behind the scenes. So I think they're doing the best they can. Um, but there's still a ton of glitches on the platform. Well, what's it look like if they were to contact you after this podcast? My assumption is that, you know, you have an agency login to do ads for people without having access to their KDP, or maybe you have to actually go into their account directly and then run the ad from them. So how does that flow? Yeah. So you can work through an author's, um, you know, KDP account to get to the, create their ads account. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, 
we like to have access to our authors kdp accounts if they are uh self-published you know obviously our traditionally published authors they don't have kdp accounts yeah. um but for self-published yeah we like to work through kdp as well just because that way we can track organic uh results too which is a big portion uh of amazon ads so um yeah i mean it, it, katie we like we like having access to as much as we can just because the more data the better um yeah yeah. So how do you run ads for uh, an individual who is maybe working with uh, Harper House or Hay House or Harper and Collins, I guess what it is. But what, if if you are working with someone with a major publisher, do you still have to get their permission too? You used to be able, you used to have to. Um, about a year and a half ago, Amazon sold all these traditionally published authors actually wanting to run their own ads. And so they allowed traditionally published authors to now set up their uh, own ads through their author central account. So every author has an author central account. Yeah. Um, so you can also set up ads through that account as well. Got it. So you are granted yeah. access through your author central then? Yeah. So we use, yeah, we, we use whatever we have access, whatever, you know, we, we like getting the most access we can, but for a lot of authors, it's just going through their author central. That's excellent. So, yeah. um, you've worked with some big names. Is there any stories yeah. that out with, uh, with one, two or three clients that uh, you could share with us that really does show the power of Amazon ads? I mean, you've already brought up a few, but Lewis Howes is one of them, right? Every, yep. A lot of my yeah. uh, colleagues respect Lewis quite a bit. So anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, we've been working with Lewis now for going on about a year. Uh, we market his book in a bunch of different markets as well, UK, Australia, Canada. Um, yeah, it's been great working with him. We're moving. I don't know if I can give the exact numbers, but yeah, we're, we're, ads are working really well for him. Um, who else do I have behind me? This is my wall of uh, all of our top authors. Um, Arte by Brian Johnson was his latest release. Um, New York Times excluded them because he went with a small new traditional publisher. Yep. But if he had been on the New York Times, like he would have beaten Adam Grant's new book, Hidden Potential, because he sold like twenty thousand copies of this uh, in one week. Um, so he's been our he's been one of our most exciting launches because we just launched with a huge budget for him, um, and we're seeing the power of Amazon ads. We're really trying to play into the organic rankings for him. Um, Michael Bengay-Sanier, The Coaching Habit. I mean, that's a, for, for anyone in business, it's it's like a cornerstone book of, um, you know, has almost 15,000 Amazon ratings. He sold millions of copies of that book. Um, this past year, we doubled the amount of eBooks he's selling. Um, Alan Dibb, uh, One Page Marketing Plan, almost 10,000 ratings on, on Amazon. We've increased his sales this past year by 32%. Um, so yeah, we've had some really, really good. Um, we helped Mike launch his first child. Mike Michalowicz launches uh, first child, uh, children's book. Uh, Mike actually left a nice little testimonial uh, up on our website for us too, which is uh, really cool of him. Um, I just realized I actually, I'm always repping, um, uh, or I actually have Brian Johnson's uh, t-shirt here. I'm always wearing it on my podcast. Uh, so shout out to Brian there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I always think of, uh, Ed Milet and Andy Frisella when I hear Arte. So you're familiar with that crew. I'm sure. Yeah. Ed, yeah. Ed, I'm pretty sure Ed did an interview with, uh, with Brian Johnson, but yeah, Brian, Brian Johnson's got a uh, heroic, um, yeah, his whole platform is, is, is pretty badass. And, um, but yeah, in, in terms of some other people, um, we just, we're actually, yeah, we're, we're in talks with a few big authors right now. So we're, we're really excited about, um, our, our future here. We just brought on a, a new full-time COO. We're growing, we're growing like crazy. So awesome dude i don't know too many people in this space the amazon ad space so great job on that um yeah appreciate out, it. outside of your own book is there one that really stands out in your life as a defining moment rich dad poor dad is behind me for a soul for the sole reason that i would not be here without it i read it when i was yeah. 22 it put me on a yeah. path of entrepreneurship but uh really about discovery of what the hell an asset was and now i just am obsessed with creating assets so uh is there a book like that for you yeah i mean the first book i ever read as soon as i you know like 
I hated reading until I didn't have to read anymore, you know, like in high school, <laughs> yeah, you me know, too, I, I guess I spark, yeah. I spark noted everything. I never actually read a single one of those books. And then the second I didn't have to read a book anymore, then I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick up a book. And first one for me was how to win friends and influence people, um, you know, classic. And then you go into the, you know, the rich, that poor dad, think and grow rich, um, you know, all, all, all good starting books to start to get the psychology of like, now nah, I want to be more in life. I want to do more in life. Um, these days, I actually much prefer uh, like biographical pieces, just because, you know, it, it's, it's nice to look at someone's story and kind of pull out your own messages. So like my favorite author right now is Candace Millard. Um, she writes very specific parts of history. Um, like she has a bit about Winston Churchill's upbringing in a book called hero of the empire. I've recommended it to like 30 people at this point. Uh, it's, and it's a nice quick read too. It's only 200 pages. But it's all about Winston Churchill's upbringing uh, and how he like even from day one, he knew he was going to be prime minister. And that's just crazy. Like those stories are absolutely absurd. Um, but another book that like really has had a profound impact in my life is um, my idol in life is Richard Branson. Uh, his you know, he's got all the virgin companies, um, his his autobiography, um, Losing My Virginity is just a phenomenal look into what I think entrepreneurship should be all about, which is this dude who's just having a great time in life, but also building these crazy businesses and, and just getting after it. So um, really, really find his story inspiring for anyone else who's kind of looking for an insp looking for inspiration. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Seems and you're, you're a young guy. How old are you? Uh, 27. 27, man. And when did you start to pick up Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all that? What age? lifeguarding uh lifeguarding in the summer's home from college <laughs> you know how it is man yeah it was like uh you know so well done yeah. in the website you have here i just want to really hit on this because sure. uh, yeah. you seem like you know your stuff advanced amazon ads.com i think is the one that people can reach you at right yep yeah exactly yeah reach out to us there we also have um i listen to like 15 hours of book marketing podcasts per week i this is my whole obsession i just love the theory behind getting books out i can talk about it all day long um the there's so many so many interesting stories like i don't know if you know this like robert kiyosaki's book took off because he originally sold it in a car wash um he yeah he had a buddy who owned a car wash and so he put uh copies in it and one of the people who came through that car wash happened to be one of the founders of um uh amway and then it became their bible so uh and it was because the executive took it to his team they ended up loving it and then it was like mandatory reading for, you know, the thousands of members of Amway. And that's why you and I know Rich Dad, Poor Dad today. So it's like little stories like that, little book marketing stories that you just don't know. Um, that's what I, I like to learn and write about. So if you want to get on our newsletter, we send out a, a newsletter each week. It's like a, a we I totally stole it from James Clear's Atomic Habits, like three, two, one. We send out my three favorite like book marketing tips. Uh, of the week, my two favorite links that are useful for authors, and then just a like a badass author quote because he doesn't love a good quote. So if you want to get on that list, uh, check it out. Uh, go on our website. Um, if you uh, you'll see a, a pop up, and then uh, we should have a, a direct landing page for it, but we're working on that. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and that list has just been going growing like crazy. So if you want to get on that list, um, you hit the website. So it, that newsletter is on advancedamazonads.com somewhere, right? Yeah, if you'll get a pop up. Yeah, if you if you're on Amazon ads for like more than 15 seconds, you'll get a pop up that invites you to the list. Um, you'll also get access to our free Amazon ads course. Um, I used to, you know, like back when courses were, you know, everyone had a course or whatever, had a course of selling for like 300 bucks, you know, I was doing fine. But we really like to own the results of our, our authors. So we don't like if you're taking a course. I don't want someone spending $300 and then like, uh, you know, not even doing the course and not getting the results. So we just don't even, 
courses is not not my game. So we just give away the course for free now. And that's just for the people who we can't help. It's like, hey, you know, you're not really a good fit for us right now, but here's this course we put together, you know, hopefully that can help you. And then, um, you know, we like to really own the results. So the only people who pay us are the people we work with directly. So people always ask me, this is my last question for you. People mm-hmm. always ask me, hey, when should I write a book? I say yesterday. And the reason why <laughs> it doesn't matter where you're at, you have something that you've learned throughout your life that you can teach another person, get to where you're at right now. And no. it becomes a launching pad, right? For speaking gays, podcast interviews, but more so than anything else, I believe is clarity. Um, when individuals, point. Yeah. when individuals ask you about when or how to write a book, what do you say to these people? Do you say, get, sh- get it done as fast as possible because it will be a gateway to a whole new life. What's your thoughts what, on that? Yeah. What a lot of people don't realize too, is that like the book that, that, you know, big people really make it on is like their third, fourth book. Right. So it's also right. learning your, it's learning your voice. It's just getting started. And then, I mean, you bring up a great point. Like I will, when you're writing a book, you're also condensing and simplifying and doing the mental gymnastics for your audience uh, to write, you know, simplify your message. And when you're simplifying your message, you actually learn your own message way better. It's like an education of your own message. So, I mean, you, you just hit a great point there. A lot of it's even just the self-exploration of figuring out exactly what you're trying to say in the simplest way and in a way that resonates with the most people. Um, you know, that's, that alone is invaluable. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild how, uh, if you really want to understand something, teach it, right? Because then you are going to connect dots that, that uh, make it easy for you to remember them. And also, yeah. like you said, simplify them down to the shortest point of uh, ever entry, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. And that that's another one of the biggest things right now is just people don't realize, you know, if you're writing, if you're, let's say your IQ, you know, if you're an author, I'm sure most of the people you work with IQs of like, what, like 120, you know, 130, like these are they're probably smart people. If they're, you know, if they're writing a book for their you know, for the, for people who are, even if they're dumbing it down slightly and they're, you know, putting it for like an, someone who has an IQ of a hundred, you're not realizing it, but you're counting out like half the population. Like you nowadays, and especially, I mean, it speaks to the New York times list statistic that I gave you of, of you know, that now the average New York times book is like 200 pages. Um, people don't realize just, and this is why Joseph, you know, bringing us full circle here, this is why Joseph Noyan's book is doing so well right now is because of, he took, you know, like Eckhart Tolle and, uh, Richard Dol- or you know Richard Dawkins and all these complex books about um and not even complex but just you know more complex than his um it's all the same message but he just put it down into 100 pages and i mean it speaks for itself i mean like i said go look it up right now that book is you know ranked at 91 on all of amazon which for, you, for those of you that don't know that's like selling 400 500 copies a day right now it's it's insane and it's probably written at a 13 to 14 year old level right so yeah. it's it's I remember, I think it was Steve Jobs that said, it's not too hard to make things complicated, right? But yeah. if you can simplify it now, that yeah. shows a level of genius. So when yeah. you write at a 13 to 14 year old level, a lot of people will say, oh, that makes me look dumb. I want to sound smarter than that. No, no, no. It's effective because you are yeah. trying to serve the many. Oh, Yeah. Liddy, Liddy Colts, uh, he's a, um, I went to Virginia Tech. He, he's a UVA professor, but it's okay. I still like him. Um, he, uh, he wrote a book called, uh, subtract, um, and it, in it, he, he quotes someone who, um, this great quote that's, you know, perfection isn't when there's, you know, any perfection isn't when there's nothing left to be added, but when there's nothing left to be taken away. Oh, I have heard that that's, before. Yeah. And that, that's, that's one of my favorites. Ah, uh, it's great, man. This is, uh, this has been fun, dude. It's, it's yeah, to talk with you. Um, guys, the website, once again, advanced Amazon ads, this is Alex Strathy. Uh, you can join that newsletter. I know I will be joining it. So, uh, thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah. Thank you guys for listening too. Um, you know, really appreciate you having me on Mike. Um, and for those of you that are listening, you're in the right place. Cause yeah, Mike, uh, Mike here has, it's different when someone's just out here, you know, trying to make money, but when you work with someone who really has a passion for books, it's, it's a whole different bowl game. So thank you for what you do, Mike. Thanks, man. Remember guys, a million dollar book will lead to a million dollar life right on.